Welcome to the Shelter Island Reporter Podcast, a conversation with Terry Lucas, Director of the Shelter Island Public Library. I'm Susan Carey Dempsey. Join me as we hear what's happening. Terry, I I think it's really great to have the opportunity to hear from you and for the people on the island to hear from you about the proposed expansion of the library and what it will involve, but also what your your vision is. Please just take the floor and explain that to us. Thank you. Thanks so much, Susan. When I started working at the library, the first day people came up to me and said, this is a very noisy library. And I said, yes. I've noticed that. <laughs> and so over the last eight years since I've been here, we've done a variety of different things to take try to take care of some of the issues that have come up. And noise is one of them. The other one is that our children, once we move them downstairs, they're no longer in the adult section, but they're on top of each other. So our teens, and we have quite a few teens that come over after school, they're all gathered around one table with four chairs. And they're right on top of our little guys who are you know, reading and playing with their Legos right, right next door. Right. Our community room, we found after COVID that the fact that there was no uh, ventilation really in the, I mean, we have, we have a ventilation system, but there are no windows in the community room and right. we put a lot of people in there. So that's a little uncomfortable. So those were the issues that we wanted to address immediately. Also, sure. we'd like the building to be greener. We just were um, awarded a sustainable library certificate. And we'd like to be even more sustainable. We'd like to have solar power. We'd like to have a better waste disposal system. That So all of those things have kind of gone into the plans for the expansion. Yes. And I think if you're kind of going forward with something new, it's easier to put in than to retrofit something that you've been living with, right? Exactly. And again, this building is a little over 60 years old. I think they started building, it's probably exactly 60 years old. They started building it in uh, 1963. It was dedicated in 1965. And I actually think the linoleum in the upstairs bathroom may be from 1965. I looked the other day and said, hmm, that's pretty old. That's a pleasant thought. <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> Things wear well, I guess. It's a good, strong building, but it doesn't serve the way the library works today. In 1965, you came in, you took out your books, you took out your whatever format of movie that we had at that point, you took out maybe a book on cassette and um, you left or you brought your child in for story time and then you left. Now we still have a lot of people checking out books. I think we checked out 62,000 items last year, Ooh. but we also have programs and we have do the passports and we do notary work. And we help people with, pro, you know, we have ESL, we have book clubs, we have so much going on that the space just doesn't work to meet the needs of the community. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to add 4,000 square feet and then redo the entire inside of the existing library so that it works more with the way we work today and the way people use us today. Sure. I know, you know, every time I walk in the door, people are using computers, 
They're sitting at tables. They really map out some time to be in the library doing things they have to do. Um, so it's it's a service on so many levels, but it's hard, uh, you know, especially if you're you know, trying to keep people healthy and they're kind of on top of each other. It's, it's not ideal. Right. And so the, the library will need uh, approval to go ahead with the plan. So what's the actual situation there? So the situation there is we will be having a vote. The vote takes place at the library on Saturday, June 17th from 10 to 4 p.m. It's a busy day. It's the day of the 10K. It's the day of our clothing swap. So we're hoping as people are out and about, they'll come in and, you know, make their opinion known and vote on this referendum. The referendum is for a $9.5 million project. And I just want to say here that because of the kind of financing we're trying to get, we have to say the greatest amount of money that we could possibly borrow. So that's, that is the worst case scenario. We obviously hope to raise about a good amount of money. We hope to get grants. We hope to bring that price down. So, but in order to comply with uh, the state entity that's hopefully will give us financing, this is how we had to word it. You know, we hope to do a bond over 30 years and that it will affect people not too terribly in an increase in their taxes. And we'll do our very best to mitigate any increase in taxes by raising money and um, getting grants and such. Right. So there are other sources that ideally you wouldn't reach that highest level. Yes. And ideally you have other sources that keep yes. that reduce the tax increase as much as, as possible. Right. And people have to be registered voters on Shelter Island. And I think there is one day they can actually register and person if they have to gain doing the registration on june 8th from two to six we will also have our big suffolk cooperative library bus out here and people could come get their pictures taken with a green screen and we'll have some games for the kids and all well, of that's that always, that's a lot of fun that bus yeah the bus is really fun so you can come by see the bus see what they can do we'll have some fun things to do and then the parents can go on in and register if they need to you can also if you are registered you can get an absentee ballot And we have all that information at the library as to how to go about that and and where to go to to put in your ballot application. Always a lot of helpful information at the library. (laughs) I think that, you know, you're talking about some very exciting plans for the future. And I think it's really worth revisiting what you dealt with. Everyone had their challenges for the lockdown from COVID, which thanks, you know, thankfully seems to be much behind us, mostly behind us. You had really an amazing challenge and you met it. And then you also had to help people who in the community were, who were having challenges by offering different things than the library had before. First of all, you, your staff couldn't actually come in. No. So how, how did you manage that? It was, you know, the other day I was looking, I was looking for something in my email and I found an email to, to Bob Stefano because we were late in March, trying to figure out how to do his his trivia thing for the first time. And I was saying, there's this thing called Zoom. I don't really know what it is. <laughs> so what happened was the library closed on March 13th, as we were required to, and everybody went home. And mm-hmm. we, set, we set up communication channels. We set up right. something called Slack. The staff continued to do research and continuing education. So what we had them do was like find articles and find things that we could put out in social media or that we could do 
reach our patrons through email blasts. So they know we were still here. We are still thinking of them. We're still trying to do things. After a couple of weeks, I started to come in once a week. We put a thing of free books outside, a big old cart of free books that is still there today. And people could come and just pick up something to read. People could also email us and we would deliver books to their houses and people. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and we delivered the, the donated books so that they didn't have to return them mm. and they could just keep them. We called patrons that we were used to seeing often and just checked in and said, you know, we're thinking about you. So those were kind of the things we did when we were actually in lockdown. We came back June, I'm going to say June 9th or 10th of that year, which was much, much earlier than most other libraries. But we were able to do that because of the size of the island and the precautions the islands had been taking. And, you know, of course, we bought all the PPE and we bought the screens and we we all had masks and we all had gloves and we quarantined the books. So the books would, you know, people took books out when they came back. They'd be quarantined for three days and then wiped down with alcohol wipes. So, you know, we took lots and lots of precautions to make sure everyone was okay. And we started doing a lot of programs on Zoom. And, you know, Zoom was Zoom was a was a learning curve for all of us, but we found that it was a way to connect with people. Yes. I came in and I recorded the entire book of Alice in Wonderland and sent it over to Mary Ellen and they put it on channel 22. We had our children's librarian did some story times that we sent over to Channel 22. So we just tried to really improvise. Yeah. I I remember doing um, Zoom with Bob DiStefano, which is one of your most popular programs. He does his trivia quiz. And I was on the Zoom and, and people just had the best time. You know, it, it's it's not the same, of course, as being in person, but everybody felt they, they were safe and they had that social connection that people were desperate for and lots of laughs. So that was a really great uh, way for people to kind of get through a very isolating time, you know. I think being able to laugh was the greatest thing about Bob's program because people just, you know, we were all so tense and we're all had the news on and we're all so worried and we get to laugh is just a gift. So it was, it was was good medicine for everybody. (laughs) I want to ask some things that uh, some people know about your background, but I, I can't remember what year you came to the Shelter Island Library, but you did um, other things before. I can't picture you anywhere but in our library. <laughs> I hope you're always there. Um, so give us a little bit of the the path you took to get to the Shelter Child Library. I can give you my, my little elevator pitch of my life. Um, I grew up in California, up in Northern California, Sacramento. I went to college in uh, Santa Barbara at UC Santa Barbara. I got a degree in history and sociology, which makes you... Um, very qualified to be a bartender in Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) So I did that for about six years. And then I went to law school in Boston, which was a big switch. So I got my degree from Boston University and I practiced in in the city and out in Riverhead for about uh, six or, well, I guess altogether, probably about eight years. And then I decided I was going to open a bookstore. So I went and i Went to bookseller school for three whole days, and I opened a bookstore in in West Hampton Beach, where we lived at the time, where I was raising my children, and uh, my husband was a chef, so he was he was chefing away, and I opened this bookstore, and the kids kind of grew up between restaurants and books, and uh, it was great, very rewarding. I think 
I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a dream, but but not that easy to do, right? It was a wonderful, wonderful job, but it was a very difficult job because it depended on, you know, especially in West Hampton, the seasonal business. And, you know, it just, it just, I I loved doing it. Uh, it was, it was, I met the most wonderful people doing it. And I got to read all the books I ever wanted to read, but I got to a point where it was like, I'm not sure how long I can uh, do 15 hour days and, and lift heavy boxes of books. So I, one of my employees was going back to library school and I said, that's, I think that's the next step. So I went back to library school and got my degree and I worked in um, Southampton at Rogers Memorial, which is a beautiful library mm-hmm. uh, for about right. seven years. And I came here in 2015 on tax day on April 15th. So, <laughs> um, so I just had my eighth anniversary. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations yeah. for Thank that. You. Thank really you. found a good, good transition from background that you have and and what you brought to the community. And I'll bet your bookstore was kind of similar to what you've created on Shelter Island. I I think, I hope it has the same feel that everybody is welcome. It's a warm and friendly place. Of course, the staff here is amazing. Everybody is kind, they're warm, they're caring. So that's what we tried to do at the bookstore. And that's what we try to do here as well. And and you have also, you've got a very um, good involved board pretty easy to see that uh, with their activities, as well as the friends of the library. So the, the community can get a chance to be involved and to, to help with things. I have a, a kind of a fun question. If you have had the time to stop and think over those eight years, but is there a favorite aspect or program of the library that you could single out? Well, I love people. I love interacting with people. I love talking to people. I love helping people. Mm. So that's my favorite aspect. I can do a budget and I love to order the books, but being out there on the floor, talking to people, helping people. Um, and I, so kind of my favorite program, um, I, you know, you never want to pick, pick a favorite, but this, my favorite right now is our cookbook club, which is the most fun. It is a group of people ranging in ages from, I think, uh, Archie is three. He's the youngest, Archie oh. Feinart, up until I won't name ages of anybody, but we've got no, Emily no. Emily Hallman. We've got some people who've been here for a long time, and they come from all – we've got somebody who works at Sylvester Manor. We have usually Reggie up from Quinnipet. So we have a group of about 20 people, and we pick a theme, and we – all bring something to eat and we sit around the table and we talk about what we cooked. And, you know, we have someone from Poland who talks about how her mother made things. We had somebody at the last, um, the last one, we had somebody who just moved here from the Midwest and she made a jello salad because she had to bring her Midwestern (laughs) roots with her. And um, it's just a wonderful mixture of people that might not ever be in that room together otherwise. Yeah. And it's, again, it's a lot of laughter and it's good food and social. Yeah. Yeah. It fits within our mission, I believe, in terms of just bringing people together. And we do learn and we do we do learn about each other's cultures and, and we learn about how people grew up and how things used to be here. And all of that is is a really, I think, a really beautiful thing because this is a, such an eclectic island with so many different people, with so right. many different backgrounds. So that's kind of my favorite um, of, of all. I do I do like ordering the books, but I think dealing with people's. No, I I think, and I'm surprised. I'm glad you picked that one out because I'm kind of surprised at it. Now that you explained it, I can totally understand because it does 
it respects their traditions. It lets lets people share them with other right. people, and then you eat, which is right. the most beautiful thing to do together. You know, right? And to bring people together who who have different backgrounds and maybe don't know about each other. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just it's a wonderful program. We really really missed it during COVID, and we had yeah, lots yeah. of people coming in. We waited till two months ago to bring it back. We wanted to be safe, but. We think it's how often does that get together? Once a month. And this month the theme is Eat Around the World, because our our summer reading program for adults is called Read Around the World. So um let's see when is Cookbook Club? It's the 24th, and we do it, I believe, at 5 p.m. And just come on down to the community. You don't you don't have to sign up, just Mm -hmm. come to the community room. And honestly, we have so much food, you don't even really need to cook something unless you want to. So (laughs) well, I do want to encourage people to make sure they visit your website because it is always so helpful to have this calendar of activities, and they're separated by the children's programs and the adult programs, and then Somehow somebody finds time to put together a newsletter and that <laughs> is available either online yes. or in the library. Uh, there's just no reason why you can't find all the information that you need on what's going on in the library. This is not, this is not your grandfather's library. That's no, for sure. it's not. It's <laughs> not. It's definitely not. Yeah, the, the, you know, the kids are down there making things on a 3D printer using virtual reality sets. Making slime and making slime. They like to play cards too, which I kind of it just kind of makes my heart happy to see them sitting and playing Uno or one of the uh, a card game. They're just they're not as connected to the internet all the time, and I love that. That's good to hear. And I know that the library also has so many things to lend out besides books. Like I don't know if they're like cookware and games like um, uh, Scrabble things like that. We have backgammon. We have, we just put up a new display of our library of things and we have everything. um, We just ordered a telescope. So we'll have a telescope (gasps) soon. We ordered fishing materials. We ordered a blow up screen so that you can work. You can have an outside movie and it comes with a movie projector. So you can, you know, I think it's, you throw a DVD in there and you can have an outside movie. You have Wi-Fi hotspots. If you don't have Wi-Fi where you are, you can check it out for a week or two. So um, yeah, the the list goes on and on and uh, everything. Yeah. Backgammon, croquet. We have some crazy sprinklers for the kids to run through. And um, (laughs) yeah, so a little, a little bit of cookie cutters, a little bit of everything, but especially people who, um, who are visiting that might not have these things in their house or somebody who says kind of idea is don't go out and buy it. You can, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a cake and you need this certain kind of pan and we have it, then you don't have to buy spend your money on it. And we just keep reset we keep having it reused, which is uh, good for our environment. I'm going to return to the subject of books for my okay. my my final question. I just really want to know from Terry Lucas, our library director, what are you reading these days? Okay, well, I'm a I am a mystery person. I really like mysteries, but I have. I have a book club that I run that I run from usually around March through September. So it's a six month book club, eight, seven months book club. And we pick an author every year. So it's usually Jane Austen, Edith Wharton. It's a classic author. And this year we're doing Barbara Pym. So I'm reading a, a Barbara Pym book called Crampton Hotnet. So I'm reading that as a book right now. Mm-hmm. And then in the car, 
I'm list. I always have four or five books going, but these are the two main ones right now. I'm re- listening to the Bangalore Detectives Club by Harini Najendra that takes place in um, in Bangalore, India. In um, I think it's in in the 50s or 60s, and I just uh, just started it yesterday. And it's a great. It's there's a, a mystery. Is something is going to happen? Can feel it's coming. So, um, and it's a good. It may not you be know, good for somebody, but <laughs> not good for somebody. But it's a good. It's a good narrator, and um, I, I love to have somebody tell me a story on my way to work. So that's what I. That's what I do. So that's good. Well, you yeah. always have good recommendations, and uh, we'll, we'll keep coming in and getting them from you and your staff, who are yes. wonderful. And I. Uh, really want to thank you for spending some time with me today and for sharing all of this information with friends of the Shelter Island Reporter and friends of the library. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And please, if anybody has questions or just wants to come and sit and chat with me, I would love that. Again, I love meeting people that I haven't met and talking to people I already know. So come on in. I'm here a lot. It's always a treat when I come in to I see everybody there, and then sometimes you step out, and I'm like, "Hi, Terry." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And come back to the office. I'm there. I so if I <laughs> pull me out and get me away from numbers, you know, <laughs> yeah. I will do the budget, but I'd rather talk to you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Get your people time in there. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank okay. you so much, and good thank luck you. with all of the expansion plans and the vote. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.